money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Dave? Yeah, I guess so. Although I'm a little confused, but hey, surprise! We switched. We switched. We're switching around everything yeah, today. No, we we're, we've just come out of Thanksgiving, and so we're just thankful for change. So we're changing it up. Yes, if you haven't listened to us before, this is uh, Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb, and we are a show that talks about the heart issues about money. And uh, today, I don't have the scripture verse handy, but David does. And he's going to share what's on his heart, actually, before we introduce our very special guest. Yeah, so, you know, Reb, you have to coach me a little more. So <laughs> when, you know, when you're introducing the scripture, are you introducing the theme or are you oh. not? Like, how's well, that no, work? You just intru- well, I guess I could. I, I have to be coached, too. So today, we're actually talking about a very practical issue. Before Dave shares the scripture, um, we uh, are going to be talking about bankruptcy and looking at some of the myths and trying to get a better understanding of um, the issues around bankruptcy and the practical things uh, uh, related to that. But we're also going to do another show uh, after this one, more about the heart issues around this issue. So, um, But before we do that, I wanted you to share your scriptures that are on your heart. So, you know, if you've been listening to the show... And you've heard Reb, she often picks scripture that have nothing to do with the topic. That's why I wanted you to no, introduce the topic. Yeah, that so that, is not fair. It always gets related. That okay. is totally like not a fair statement. So it's just my out when people are confused. Why did he pick that? So here we go. The Bible has an awful lot to say about grace. Mm-hmm. And if we're connecting bankruptcy and grace, and we're going to talk about this uh, with our special guests in a few minutes, but I thought, okay, so there's lots of grace verses. There's lots mm-hmm. of verses we can choose from. But I realized that when we look at Hebrews, there's uh, Hebrews chapter 4 talks about basically promised rest. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, this is good, Lord. So as we read through, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm actually going to read right down to the last verse. So I'm going to leave you, the listener, to 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 read the, the, the whole chapter. But mm-hmm. we get to verse 16. And uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking about Christ being our high priest. And when he gets to verse 16, he says, Let us come boldly into the throne of our gracious God, and there he will, there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Mm. And when I thought of that, I thought, mm. man, when, when I think of bankruptcy and the people that we have come into the office and we're discussing the, 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 the whole mm-hmm. area of bankruptcy, man, that is something that we, we all need to move into that place where we just need it. We need his grace. We need his mercy. Can you read that again? Because as you read it, I just felt like here in the studio, it just came like a blanket. Mm. So can you just read that again? Because I think we need to hear it again. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. 
That is such a powerful word, mm-hmm. so powerful. And in light of that, there are agents of grace and mercy, and uh, we'd like to have, is it Debbie Doyle or Deborah? I call myself Debbie. Okay, that's good. Um, Debbie Doyle, and um, she, this is her work, this has her, been her life, and she's just going to tell us a little bit, just introduce yourself to the audience and to us. I'd be happy to, and thank you very much for inviting me. This is um, a real an honor to be given this opportunity mm-hmm. to speak about a subject that um, so many people are misinformed. Mm-hmm. Dave, as you were saying earlier, um, they're also um, very nervous about it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started in this business 41 years ago wow. um, through, through a person that knew a person and um, was hired into one of the larger firms in Toronto and uh, worked for the president there. Um, I got some really good um, opportunities working with businesses and individuals, but I wasn't a Christian at the time. Okay. At the same point, I would say um, attitudinally, I did feel uh, a sense of um, wanting to extend mercy to people, mm-hmm. recognizing that they did have difficulties so being in the business for 41 years, I've only ever seen two uh, situations where somebody actually took advantage of the system that we have in place okay. in Canada. Um, most of the, the situations that I've seen have been um, places where people have needed mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. So... I worked in that business uh, a year earlier, actually, than my husband, Brian Doyle. Um, I stayed at home for a while to mm-hmm. homeschool and raise our children and went back into the business um, around 1999, Wow, full time. Uh, I'm also a certified Christian conciliator through Peacemaker Ministries, which actually also really helps me in my business. Wow. Um, I'm also a certified biblical counselor through a number of international certifying agencies. I'm the um, a vice president of Doyle Saluski, a director. I meet with people face to face. If there's a person, usually a person that's referenced to us through the Christian community, they they often get sent to me okay. because people want to have. Mm-hmm prayer and that sort of thing surrounding this whole issue. Um, I know that when I refer and and introduce you to any of the clients that I feel, you know, hey, you know what, that's not really in my wheelhouse. It's, you know, I know my limitations on the advice that we give around money. And I say, okay, you got to go see Debbie. And I say, you got to go see Debbie. (laughs) (laughs) So recognizing that that, uh, certainly that personal um, for me, having that personal referral is really important, especially around bankruptcy, again, around this issue where there's mm-hmm. just so many emotions. Right. And I, and I do appreciate people that come to us, come to me from you, Dave, that um, they actually come with a little bit more education than the regular person off the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at any rate, Brian and I have been married for... Uh, 30 some odd years (laughs) and uh, we have five kids we have two grandchildren and our youngest son just got married to uh, 
his sweetheart Demi mm-hmm. um, ten days ago. We're really wow. excited about that. Yeah. Okay. And you, you're you're grounded in Ottawa. This is your home base, city, yes. right? Yes. Okay. I'm also a retired pilot. I oh. chose to stop flying because I became a danger to myself and others. <laughs> oh dear! You do you miss that? Very often I do. On a day like today, I oh. do. But I'm very thankful also to even talking about it makes my hands sweat. <laughs> so I'm thankful to not be doing it anymore. <laughs> well, it is a, a great pleasure to have you Thank to share you. what you know. So I guess we'll start with the basic question. What is bankruptcy and what mm-hmm. do you do really to mm-hmm. help people? Mm-hmm. So bankruptcy um, is one aspect of a system labeled insolvency in Canada. It's the Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act under which we operate. So bankruptcy or a consumer proposal, as you mentioned earlier, Dave, is a formal legal process that an individual or a business uh, goes through either voluntarily or they are brought to that place by their creditors. So bankruptcy is a, um, an opportunity for an unfortunate individual or a viable business that finds itself in difficulty. Bankruptcy is that opportunity for the individual or the business to get reorganized okay. and to move on past this financial difficulty. Okay. Um, One of the things that really struck me, when I came to know the Lord, my whole world changed. That happened in 1992. And it struck me, and I did research on the fact that the bankruptcy and insolvency laws are based upon Christian principles of, as you were saying, grace, mercy, forgiveness. It's amazing. I'm going to jump in there because I have done some of that research, too, just for personal, okay, I got to know what it's about. And the correlations and the, the just the, the connections between even the 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 heart behind the bankruptcy and insolvency um, laws and and uh, it, it's amazing to see the the correlations between the heart of Scripture and and how God says you know what we just find ourselves in need of of mercy and grace we find ourselves in need of we find ourselves in difficult situations. But there is an out, right? There is something that we can do. There is an out, and it's very important. People don't think about it um, from the uh, aspect of the operation of the economy. Mm. For, the, uh, for the economy of a country to operate properly and efficiently, you must have good bankruptcy laws. Right. Um, I remember reading about Haiti and how their bankruptcy laws were um, – archaic, if not non-existent. And what happens as a result of that is a debtor cannot get rid of the debt Mm -hmm. and move on. Mm -hmm. Neither can a creditor write off the debt and move on, like recognize the the loss on their financial statements and move on. Wow. So it's not uh, entirely about the people involved as the debtors, but it's also the overall picture of the efficient operation of an economy. Mm-hmm. That's 
fascinating. So you, I want to just go back. You t- talked about two different components a little bit, the, the bankruptcy and then the proposal. Mm-hmm. Maybe just give a quick definition of the differences between the two so sure. that we, we know what's up with that. Yeah. Uh, when I first got into the business in 1976, um, an individual could not file a pr- uh, a proposal as we have it today. The business was a, the the law was a lot different in ni- in the early 1990s. Uh, the consumer proposal was uh, introduced, and so the the beauty of the consumer proposal is that the individual who is having financial difficulties and is unable to meet their debts as they become due, that individual is given the opportunity to repay the creditors under a uh, contract which is varied from the original contract. Mm -hmm. And the individual does not lose their assets. They do not go under the um, strictures of a bankruptcy proceeding, but what they do is they renegotiate the contract Mm -hmm. with their creditors. That renegotiation typically uh, will go um, between, the shortest obviously is going to be you know, a couple of months or what have you, which perhaps a, a proposal might be filed when an individual has to sell a house and they want mm-hmm. to take the money from the house and pay the creditors. So that that can happen. But let's just say in their ordinary course of business, we would see consumers filing proposals that are between two years to a maximum of five years. Right. And what we do in the proposal is we... Uh, analyze their situation. What assets do they have? What family responsibilities do they have? Um, What income do they have? So we take a look at all of that, and from that, we fashion the repayment plan. Okay. Okay? Now, this is a legal procedure. Once the proposal's in place, your creditors are bound by it. There's a certain amount of negotiation that goes on uh, at times between the the administrator of the proposal, the trustee, but the administrator of the proposal, and the creditors. Sometimes we do that. But very often, when the individual comes in, we look at their situation, and knowing what we know about the way creditors will respond, we can often come up with a a plan that the creditors will accept right from the get-go. Because you have experience with We've them. We've got the you, experience, yes. yeah, yeah. And we know the way different creditors behave. Um, at the same time, if the individual cannot make a proposal, then the, the bankruptcy route, um, again, a legal proceeding, uh, which all the creditors are bound by, And um, the bankruptcy, unfortunately, if you have assets that are exigible, assets we can take, the bankruptcy process includes taking those assets away. With with a proposal, your assets essentially stay and and, and are protected. Um, You know, there may be some liquidation there, but minor liquidation to see how we can help the proposal or the agreement between. But in a bankruptcy, we kind of get everything on the table and go, okay, what can we liquidate so that we have some money to to minimize the the amount? Right, and under the laws of the province of Ontario, um, there is an execution act that says, even if you're in bankruptcy, you can keep a car, you can keep your personal belongings, you can keep um, your um, uh, 
tools of trade, mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. Um, pensions, certain RSPs. There, there are rules in place under the laws of the province of Ontario which protect assets even in a bankruptcy. Right, right. People yeah, often come well. in and they think they're going to lose their car. They think they're going to lose their house. Well, not necessarily. It doesn't mean that we may not have to account for it, and you may not. It doesn't mean that you don't have to give us something in return for it, right. but it doesn't mean you're going to lose your house. It doesn't mean you're going to lose your car. And that's so important, again, going back to where we started in Hebrews, to, to, to go and say, okay, um, you know, with all of the, the misinformation and the you know, uh, information around bankruptcy and the emotion around bankruptcy, getting in and meeting with a professional who knows the ins and outs, what, what are, you know, what is going to be liquidated? What is not going to be liquidated? What can creditors touch? When cannot creditors touch? And as we've often said on the show, our whole focus is very much proactive. Let's make sure that if you're finding yourself in financial distress, don't wait until the sheriff's at the door changing the locks. Um, that's, well, let's get there sooner. So what's the... You know, if I'm struggling financially, when's a, the time for the red flags? When When's an indicator for me yeah, to go, do, I need I to go? Say, when do you know that we should come and see Debbie Doyle? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, as I said earlier, I really appreciate the people that come from your office, Dave. And so if somebody's um, having trouble financially, if they're starting to recognize they're having trouble, speak to Dave. <laughs> If you don't call us, if you can't get it, speak to Dave. I, mean, I just vet them and go, yeah, you need to go see Debbie, so we'll see how that works. And sometimes yeah. people think they they should go see Debbie, and, and Dave will say, well, actually, no, we can make a plan and exactly. get you on the right track. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, are you unable to meet your, your bills when they're coming in? Are you borrowing from Peter to pay Paul? Are you... Um, stretched in terms of if I miss one paycheck I'm I'm in trouble mm-hmm. these are the sorts of things that are indicative of financial difficulties oh Debbie's going to be busy because <laughs> we know that statistically uh, what is it I think it's two and a half paychecks that the average Canadian family misses two and a half paychecks and there is financial crisis happening and that's that's from you know some of the stats we read on on just the Canadian family and where we're at. It's really important to know as well Dave and I'm, Rebecca I'm glad that you raised this question because not all creditors um, treat you the same way mm. and Canada Revenue Agency is a debt which is addressed in the Bankruptcy Act Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act it is addressed but if you wait too long with those people they can do things that other creditors are precluded by, from mm-hmm. doing. Okay? Yeah. And so if Canada Revenue is one of your creditors and you've been pushing them off, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if they lean your house. Right. Yeah. Don't be surprised if they do that. And once they do that, it cannot be reversed. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, again, that goes back to this, this whole approach of, of, you know, we, we recognize that you're in pain financially. We recognize, in fact, when they come into my office, as I'm sure they come into yours, Debbie, is, is, you know, they've been carrying this weight and, and the, the, the stress of it for way 
too long already before they come into the office. And then we go, okay, let's go see what we have to work with. And, and as you mentioned, just by that example, if there's a lien on your house from CRA, that's too late. Now we really need to, we could have done gone down this road or taken this option or done this thing before, but now there are no more options. And I often uh, encourage people that, you know, um, the sooner you come in and talk to a professional about it, the more options you have. The longer you wait, the options become less and less and less until there are no options anymore. You just have to, you're at the mercy of whatever creditors are doing because you, you've, in a sense, not been proactive. So, you know, my encouragement to people is always, I know you're in distress. I know that there's stress here, but let's let's get doing something. There are things that can be done. Um, and, and so the sooner we get to it, the more options we have. Right. And I just want to clarify with Canada Revenue, they're like any other creditor mm-hmm. until they put the lien on the house and then they become a secured creditor. So whereas before you may have had $100,000 of equity in your home, once Canada Revenue liens your house, the amount of that lien comes out of your equity. Right. And so it then starts to limit your ability to address the equity in terms of helping to pay your other creditors. Mm -hmm. So and just in a, you know, for those of us out there listening, that would mean that if I sold my house, money would go to or it goes to CRA first as as if it were a mortgage. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a it's like a it's a tax lien. Yeah. Yeah. And, And even in a sense of options around, let's say there's some equity in the house and, you know, I, I have the ability to refinance, so I still have a job and, and you know, okay, we're going to refinance. Well, that lien actually has to be taken care of before any lender is going to refinance the house, which is a, a catch-22. How do I take care of this lender when there's a lien here when, in fact, I can't get access to the equity in my house because... I can't get access. So, you know, we have to do some financial gymnastics to figure out how we're going to address that that, that issue just by itself. Yes, and it's interesting that you brought up the issue of equity in the home and refinancing. If an individual has a nominal amount of equity in their home, um, that is addressed as well through an insolvency process, whether it be a proposal or a bankruptcy, in that we will often give consideration to allowing the individual to repay the trustee the value of that equity, as opposed to, oh, I can't get financing, I've got to sell the house. No, not necessarily. Right. That's not necessarily what's going to happen. You can right. keep the house, but we'll make an arrangement for you to pay that equity, that nominal equity to us. Right, right. So the options, right? I mean, I think what I'm hearing from, you know, again, I'm getting an education and I thought I knew a little bit about it. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, there, there, there are options. Again, the sooner you recognize that, you know what, I think I need to, to just go get a second opinion or maybe I'm thinking about bankruptcy or whatever it is, then yeah, uh, you know, let's have the discussion and see what, what exactly is going on because there are tools. Well, I just wanted to interject just in case there's anyone out there who hasn't listened to the show or doesn't know what Dave and I do. We have a business called More Than Enough. And it involves coaching and taxes and training and equipping and teaching. Um, And we do the radio show. But the coaching piece is for people who just are having trouble daily uh, keeping their their Mm -hmm. payments and their 
you know, their finances in order. So we, we have a coaching, a bunch of coaches. We have a system in place to help you do that. But I, I was thinking about the tax piece in CRA. And if you've ne- neglected your taxes, please come or find someone to do your taxes. You don't want to be in the situation that Debbie just described at all with CRA because it, it, and, and and there's so many. I mean, so many times where the 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 reason that you're with any creditor, not just CRA, but CRA is a little bit unique in the sense that we have to do our taxes every year, and so sometimes the taxes. CRA is just simply going on the last time you reported taxes. Well, if that was five years ago, that could actually be wrong. And it, you know, I had one client who were struggling with debt, and we got to that piece, and I said, well, we need to do the taxes. They paid off all their debt and the renovation for their house with the money that they actually got back because they were five years behind in child tax benefit. They hadn't received their refunds that they yeah. were, were actually due them over those years. They just simply were like, we just think taxes and then well, feel and, funny and, and, well, and, fear- and don't do them. So, so sometimes that is a fear thing yeah. and we need to go, okay. Let's push into the fear. And, you know, Debbie and I are sitting here next to each other, and I consider you a colleague, but really my job is to make people not get to you. Right? <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to get them. And, and I don't mind that. <laughs> so, so we only have a few minutes left. Yes. Uh, is there something, Debbie, that, you know, like one piece of advice that you'd like to give to, to our listeners that says, you know, if you're considering or you're under financial distress, here's a piece of advice. Um, one of the things that people don't think about is the people, the, the institutions they bank with. Mm. And that can actually be a flashpoint that drives them into um, severe difficulty. Mm. The idea that you bank with the individual that holds your mortgage, your visa, your line of credit, they've got your savings and your checking I know they want your savings and checking, and I know that it's really convenient, but if you are having financial difficulty and you fall behind in your debt payments, they're coming into your bank account and they're taking your money. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it bluntly, yep. Yep. that's what happens. It becomes a crisis because your rent's going to bounce or your mortgage payment um, isn't being made to the other company or the car payment or what have mm-hmm. you. Bank with somebody that you don't owe money to. Right. That is wow. huge. Yeah, that's huge. I had yeah. never heard that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And it's, uh, again, this goes back to what we were just talking about, where options become get taken away from you, and that's one of those situations where, you know, I put my, my paycheck into the, the bank, and all of a sudden the paycheck is gone, and I had these other bills to pay. Wow. Where did yeah. my ba- paycheck go? Well, part of the contract you signed when you signed that visa or that mortgage or whatever with that bank was is they can look into to it and say hey if there's money there we're going to go get that money to satisfy this debt so mm-hmm. wow that's a that's a that's a great way to end that's a good, <laughs> a good way to end so um we are going to continue this conversation Very debbie good. i i we want to get you yeah. back and we're going to have a, a round two so hang tight we we certainly um are only halfway there um, wrapping up, yes. we came off Thanksgiving 
And I thought it would be appropriate. And we've kind of seen the nuts and bolts of of bankruptcy. Um, Maybe we can, Reb, you can just pray a little prayer of thanksgiving. Mm. Thank you, you, Father, for people who are agents of mercy Mm. like Debbie. Um, and and her colleagues who help people in time of trouble because that's what you do. There, Debbie is just a hands and feet of you. You're you're you want to help us in time of trouble because you knew trouble was going to come, so we shouldn't be surprised. But I'm reminded of those words that you said. You know, in the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And uh, thank you, Father, for that truth in Jesus' name. Wow, what a what a great conversation! I'm just uh, Reb. You even you even spoke into that. She had said at the beginning that oh, I'm not going to say much, but we know that. Uh, well, we won't go there. If you need to listen to last week's show on at Thanksgiving, it's at morethanenough.ca. It's also at uh, chri.ca. You can download those with the, the players. If you're on iTunes, iTunes, uh, just search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. Please leave a comment, rate us. Please get engaged on Facebook. And please, if you feel like you know, bankruptcy or proposal might be something, then give us a call and, and we can have a, have a talk. Debbie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.